Hello, everybody. Kyle here. You are listening to the Stellaris Emergency Broadcast Podcast. This week, I am joined again by my friend Space Unicorn. Space, welcome back to the show. How you doing today? Doing really good. Glad to hear it, because you and I are picking up our conversation on Dev Diary 221, Balance and Quality of Life Changes. Last week, we got through a lot on Void Dwellers, uh, Shattered Ring, we talked about the Echinomonopolis quality of life change, and they had some assorted changes at the bottom. What we did not get to do was below the fold, they had um, another game designer come on and talk about uh, civics that are getting a substantial lift up, as they say. Also, I think in this episode, we'll be able to combine the latest notes uh, from Dev Diary 222, modability updates in LEM. This one is a foreign language to me, so we're going to have a little bit to talk about uh, with some call-outs here and there. But for the most part, I don't think that's going to apply to our audience at large. So what do you say we pick up with these other ones and, and get really in the minutia of <laughs> civics changes, what everyone wants to hear about for 30 minutes? <laughs> okay. They start off saying, I'm one of the game designers working on Stellaris and the custodian team. While we have been busy with radical changes here and there, new civics and origins, we wanted to have some more tame, but no less important balance changes for our already existing civics, specifically for our outliers and those we felt under or especially overutilized. Dang it, that sounds like nerfs. Um, it says the following civics again. These are the ones that are going to get a substantial lift up. So that sounds like the ones that are going to get improvements. Looking at regular empires, we're looking at the beacon of liberty. It used to give plus 15% produced unity. Now it also gives negative 15% empire spawn from pops. That's pretty good. Um, Imperial cult gave plus one edict cap. Now gives plus two edict cap. I'll route, shout out a couple of these so we can stop and just talk about our thoughts here um idealistic foundation gave plus five percent happiness happiness now gives plus ten percent happiness environmentalist gave negative ten percent consumer good upkeep now gives negative twenty percent consumer good upkeep okay so what i'm getting so far i'm talking about five of these it looks like some pretty healthy bonuses to like make these civics useful again because i don't know how much you've noticed this space but there are a lot of them that I wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole because they're either just boring or I'm sound totally I'm not familiar with these because they don't, yeah, they don't seem like they have a lot of teeth to them. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it seems doubling is what's happening with most of these. And, and well, if, if that makes them useful, then maybe I'll try them. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a little hesitant still, and I feel you there. Uh, yeah. There are some hive mind ones in a second, though, that I actually am pretty dang excited about. So uh, parliamentary system, this is still under the regular empires, by the way, parliamentary system gave plus 25% faction influence, now gives 40. Uh, efficient bureaucracy gave 10% admin cap, now 20. Nationalistic zeal gave negative 10% war exhaustion gain and negative 10% cost claim. Uh, it now is up to negative 20% for the war exhaustion and negative 15% for claim costs. So a doubling of the war exhaustion and just 5% extra for the claim cost. Uh, and then finally in the regular empires is functional architecture 
gave negative 10% building and district costs, negative 10% building and district upkeep, and plus one building slot, now gives negative 15% building and districts, uh, plus two building slots, upkeep reduction removed. That one actually sounds like it got one of the most healthy buffs, in my opinion, there. That upkeep. sounds like it should save a lot on costs. I think I've tried to use something like that before. Like, the building and district costs always sounds like a useful saver. Like, I, I often put that in when I find a governor. I love doing the, the building and district cost cheapener. But um, right. I've sometimes added it in when it's time to do, you know, get your third civic point. When it's that point in the game, you can reform your, your government. I have considered doing the one where it gives the reduction to building costs and all of that. Uh, but it feels a little too late when I'm choosing it, and I don't want to choose early because I like to go with pop growth sort of ones. This sounds right. like it could actually be a contender functional architecture. So I like that. Now, hive minds, though, these ones are looking really good. Subspace Ephes. Ephes? Ephes? Gave I don't know. Yes, <laughs> it's words and stellars are hard. Gave plus fifteen percent naval capacity. Now gives plus twenty percent ship speed and also negative. Or well, I said negative. I'm so sorry. So this gives plus twenty percent ship speed and also gives plus fifteen percent naval capacity. So we kept the naval capacity from before, but we're getting twenty percent ship movement speed. That's Real handy, I think. Like, I like this. This that that would be good. Pretty damn yeah. awesome. That would oh. be nice. Twenty percent to your ship speed sounds nice. And I think I used to do the naval capacity anyway. Like, I'm pretty sure that was one I used to pick. So now having that speed, so I can zip my people around faster and faster, especially at the start of the game, because that should affect your science ships as well. Um, yeah, that could help you true. get some of those bottlenecks real fast. Divided attention gave plus 10% admin cap now gives 20%. Okay. I don't use those for my civics. I don't know. Maybe I should, maybe it should factor in more, but eh. And then machine intelligence is down here. Constructobot. Gave, oh, this is specifically the one I was just referencing above space. Oh, and it's oh, getting the right. same it's exact. The machines, yes, yes. I, I'm just doing a quick glance here at the notes. These numbers are identical. So it's the same as functional architecture, but this is now for machine intelligence is called Constructobot. So for anyone that missed that, it's gave negative 10% building and district cost, negative 10% building and district upkeep, plus one building slot. And now those are basically... Uh, almost doubled here we got two building slots the upkeep's removed and it's negative 15 percent in the building cost so that's the one i was just most recently toying with and that now that is confirmed to get that buff i was a little bit worried when i was saying it that i might you know wasn't going to get it in both spaces but now that it does i'm right. going to use that i like that i like the yeah the upkeep reduction removed does that mean it doesn't cost your building your district upkeep as zero i that is how i understand that but that that's not 
that's not for your jobs though is my assumption no. so but but no, the actual building jobs, yes. but it is the actual there is actual maintenance on the, the mm -hmm. districts and the buildings so that so that's zero yeah. that's gone yeah because saving those energy credits is something that i'm focused on a lot of the time at the beginning you know it's a management of that definitely i wonder how useful this one might be to pop in early to the game now like at, mm -hmm. It's going to help you if you're building your worlds fast and everything, I think. Um, that 10% adds up when you're doing districts, though. Like, when you're building stuff, uh, just flat buildings or districts, that saves a lot. And then when yeah. you don't have the upkeep on it, even more. Plus you also get two building slots. Wow. I want it. So that's... At the beginning, like, this sounds like... It should be something from the gate, you know, like not, you don't want to add it later. This might be an addition or an original trait. This one sounds real good to me. All right. This is a civic, not a trait. Words in Stellaris are very difficult. <laughs> and as we determined in our last episode, we don't even know if these dev diaries are always using the right words. Um, literally no shade to the Stellaris team because I'm pretty sure most of them are um, non-English speakers as the first language. But some of these patch notes for them in the past, or I, I, there's some strangeness in there. Also for Valheim, too, that game had some real strangeness in the patch notes. Literally no shade if any of the team's listening. It happens. It's life. It's, it's language is just hard fact. But it does make it a little harder sometimes when I'm going through these. I'm like, that's not a sentence. It doesn't sentence right. Moving on. Uh, so it says, we hope the, those changes, while strictly number tweaks, will give those civics a breath of fresh air and increase their appeal to a wider player base because, ooh, shiny new numbers is one hell of a drug, they say. That's true. It is. <laughs> I mean, listen to us. I want to try out some of these shiny new numbers. <laughs> Geek it out over them. Um, it says, now, sadly, only strengthening the civics we left undervalued or unused doesn't solve all the issues. So we introduce some slight nerfs to the two, three biggest offenders in terms of must-have civics. Oh God, I'm gonna I'm getting my pitchfork ready, my plasma pitchfork. Slaver guilds. Boo, we don't like those anyway. Reduced enslaved right. population from 40% to 35%. Indentured assets. Reduced enslaved population from 40% to 35%. That's a megacorp civic. And technocracy added one consumer good upkeep to scientist jobs that create unity because of technocracy. Um, okay, those don't affect me at all. So plasma this doesn't pitchfork. really affect me much. Uh, technocracy, I think, was a, a trait or civic that ended up on one of my species. But we don't, yeah. They're slaver traits. Do people have to be slavers to win Stellaris? Like, is that a... Is this a normal thing? Is that why we keep being out-popped so quickly by chance? Like, it says over here, you know, like, these are the biggest offenders of must-have civics, and it's about slavery and stuff. And God. <gasps> the galaxy must-have slavery is what I'm learning. Jeez. Oh, my. <laughs> Remember... <laughs> pre-nemesis when we used to control the galaxy by just like producing shit tons of hive people and we'd mm -hmm. look at the council and be like haha you have so much less people than we do and we wouldn't steal their people i would assimilate them on occasion but that wasn't until like later in the game 
Um, but we would be like, yay, look at how big we are. And now I go, <laughs> it's so small in comparison. Do you think it's all slaves? Like, is that what the AI is? We been need up to, to ban slavery. Is that is is that why we're losing the population battle? We need to get on banning slavery earlier. I don't know, I, but I am curious if anyone that's listening does have any insight on that. Like, if we ever get a dev listening and they have insight, I'm curious. We went from it was like night to day in our population versus what it is now. Like, don't get me wrong. I like that we can play into the late game because we don't bog down the CPU as much. But then why is the AI also, like, why are they playing, like, the old game and we're playing the new one? Doesn't feel right. Yeah, it in doesn't those. feel right. I'm just jealous, I think, is really what that comes to. I mean, honestly, that's what it is. I'm je- I literally am there's, telling you now. I am jealous of the AI. people to slurp off of the planets and, and to, to, You're to right. scrape off your shoe when you go walking around on planets. You're definitely not wrong there in any way, shape, or form. Like, that is totally what it is. But I'm... Big sad. So like you mentioned, they, they go on to say those are the big offenders. The goal here is to move them from best pick every time to could be best pick depending on circumstances. You know, what's really good too is the um, okay. Stellaris community on Twitter likes to do a lot of those ranked trait things. So I guess that's good, easy research for the Stellaris crew, like going and looking at those videos and being like, ooh, here's the picks that are in the F tier that no one ever wants to take because they suck. Um, I'm surprised we actually didn't see more traits move around. I, I doubt this is the final list, right? I'm betting there's going to be some more tossed in and minor tweaks made throughout, but, uh, right. Kind of surprised they only nerfed three. I'm lucky or happy or something about that. Oops. I just closed it for me. The notes there. Let me get them back right here. Is there anything at the bottom? Uh, we'll be following your feedback here and on all the platforms very closely is our own telemetry and we will be adjusting. Great. So they're going to, as always, listen to people's feedback. So as an extra note, uh, we know there are several other civics that definitely need to pick me up and we'll be oh, looking right. into them there as we well, go. but not for the LEM update. Okay, there we go. If I had read further, I could have had an answer. Okay. They also say they'll be back with some more things on the LEM update. Well, that's what we're moving into anyways. Two, 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 everybody. Let's talk about this one really kind of briefly and superficially. Briefly, since we don't know a lot about what's on the screen. Most of it confuses my eyeballs. <laughs> this is by Caligula. They say, welcome to another Dev Diary. Today, taking you through the new scripting language features in the upcoming 3.1 patch. We've already mentioned that traditions are considerably more moddable now with this new system. Oh, hello, freaking Luya. With far less heavy lifting needed in the GUI and LOC files. I can also confirm that you can, for instance, now script in tradition trees that only become available ooh, if you make certain decisions during the game. <gasps> oh, ooh. That's fun. That nice. <laughs> I like that. So that's why they say this one's going to rely on variables. Um, again, we're going to be making a lot of like the sounding like idiots here for a second, just to put it <laughs> bluntly. <laughs> but that's life. This is life. They say they mentioned last time that we've been looking into doing more with variables. In the last patch, several more ways to save various bits of information in the game were added. The biggest missing one was an easy way to trigger values. Uh, like, for example, the number of pops on a planet. You also were quite limited in where you could use variables, especially compared to Paradox Studios, newer games like Crusader Kings 3, 
Also, the syntax for using them was not quite ideal in many cases. So already we have an idea that they're going to be talking about using variables for population stuff. I can follow this a little bit. Um, with 3.1, we have greatly increased the number of variables. First of all, the format. Previously, when you wanted to get a variable, a value of a variable, you had to refer to the variable itself, yada, yada, yada. This stuff gets a lot. You guys will want to pull, pull up your notes for that. I'm skimming along. Um, it said 3.0 already had an effect, export trigger to variable, but it only worked with fleet power. That was the prototype. Functionality has been expanded to all such triggers. Importantly, uh, that effects let you get values from triggers that are a bit more complex. I feel like this also has to do with Stellaris's, like, potentially being slower at times. And I'm wondering if this variable stuff is going to help them. Like, I, this is totally me speaking out my butt. But we know Stellaris gets choppy in the late game. And I am curious if, if some of this stuff will make it a little smoother on the engine at some points. Or it could be much, much worse. I don't know. <laughs> um, they talk about some triggers for building stuff in here. Uh, they give modders away if your variable is too exact a number. You can now use a round two variable, which sounds good. Oh. A summary of these functionalities have been added to an information file in the events folder and attached to this post. So you go look at that if you want. Also, I could mention, or I could well imagine further expanding on these usage variables. So it's quite possible there'll be even more coming along the lines in the future. The changes have already proven extremely useful. Here's some examples we can call out. Improving death cult rewards. Cut the, uh, cut about 1,000 lie. Oh, wow. Cut about 1,000 lines of script and still ended up with new version taking more factors into account to determine the adequate reward for you. So there we go. There's already some trimming down of the script and better results coming from it. Fixing golden rule cash payouts. The previous solution was to fudge the numbers and give you an amount with a rather tenuous connection to the actual pay-in. This is no longer necessary. <laughs> Big hoops. <laughs> <laughs> the previous solution was to fudge the numbers. <laughs> I always talk about that time where um, the game told me I was going to assimilate those people on that planet, and instead it purged them. <laughs> it just shot all the people, and I was so sad. There's a lot of fudging <laughs> going on in Stellaris. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> you lie to me, UI interface stuff. Uh, improving, oh, this applies to us, I think. Improving Federation Science Leadership Challenge. Oh, we don't do challenges. Adding the actual number of texts and repeatable texts you've researched as a factor. That's, that's relevant. I know what that is, too. We don't use challenges often, but you can do um, challenges for dominance of who's the presidency position there. Uh, oh, and apparently... Within the Federation? Mm-hmm. We usually... I think, oh, ours is usually round robin. It just goes around in a circle is how we've been leaving yeah. it. Um, if the AI is a D-bag to us, I'll sometimes do that, like, push for whoever's the highest in economic or science or, like, whatever it's taking into account, fleet power even. Um, mm -hmm. But then this other challenge we don't do. We should do one of them sometimes. <laughs> adding the actual number of texts and repeatable texts you've researched the factor. That makes sense. That'd be really nice. Oh. I'll have a better idea about what a challenge is if I've done one. Yeah. I don't know if we <laughs> want to, though, because we're usually trying to make sure those asshole AIs are not, like, super... Like, what if they win the challenge? And then 
we're all kicked out of our own federation by them as the president. That has <laughs> happened, though. We, we have left our own federation and reformed. That was so terrible. I hate, I hate doing that. We, you lose all the levels. <sighs> yeah. Maybe that's a good time to just call out to the Stellaris people and say, help, help. Sometimes the AI is just too hard to negotiate with and we can't, like do that i'm curious if this custodian team is going to work on that in the future i'd really like to see the ai become more negotiable in like a real way um i think someone else called this out too oh i saw someone asking a question before i want to say this was the stellaris reddit mm -hmm. where someone was saying look this ai's got a weird uh planet in my borders and i don't want them to i want that planet but we're friendly why can't I trade them for it? <clears throat> and the Stellaris community went on and they were like, yeah, that's that's kind of ridiculous. Why can't we reasonably trade something that the AI really shouldn't want? Like it's kind of irrelevant and it's just a nuisance. And so I, I don't know how that can be done. I don't know if that's easy or impossibly hard. It would be really nice to see the AI be a little bit more open to trading worlds and all that kind of stuff. Not being that a total would be interesting. Ass. They're just always so mean to us. Okay. AI needs to get smarter so that it can be a little bit nice. That's right. Instead of just We're trying to maximize enjoyment here, not not keep me off the space map. That's a well said thing too, because maximizing enjoyment is something that I sometimes see these dev diaries skip over in the hope of balance changes. And that's something I like to call out here in the show sometimes. Um, right before I had you on, I had talked about amenities and if they were even something that we really need anymore because of mm. like, sure they made sense and sure they have a factor into the game, but are we playing amen amenity management simulator or are we playing Stellaris, the galactic war and you know, sort of growth like that game? Because amenities aren't even really economy. I mean, they're, they're like tertiary to your economy, but yeah. when you add in things like spying and, you know, grand custodian and all that other stuff, um, it's like, really, is that the game? What, what should we be playing right here, right now? So, right. My clicks don't need to be prior or, um, so heavy into amenities management, right? Like I'd like to click some other things and look into spying and do that more, but I got to make sure my people are at the right jobs because for whatever reason, they can't prioritize the ones I need them to. And that's a big something I've not seen in these notes either. I'd really like to see more and more and more from the dev team about, hmm, I, I, this, I do not mean this to sound like overly critical because I'm overall happy-ish with what the lab and stuff is but i i include the ish because so far the lem update team the custodian team has not done anything bad i have no plasma pitchforks up in the air but i am really curious because these aren't the fixes that we want and they're not the fixes we need <laughs> so i'm a lot a bit confused about exactly where like are we going to get a more polished playthrough when Lem launches, or are we just going to get a slightly tweaked version of all the civics and stuff like that that's not really going to impact any of the stuff that's actually burdensome in the game? So far, 
it's leaning to no burden removal, but just cosmetic tweaks, if you will. And that's something I'd like to see their team kind of work on a bit harder, I think. It seems a bit surface. I mean, oh, I don't, I don't really know a lot about this 222 update, though, when I'm reading it over. It's way over my head and, and not something that I really understand. But um, it looks like they're doing stuff on the back end that should be helpful for modders. And I do mention in here about working with the mod community. Yeah, let's talk about the that. Nemesis update and uh, that they're going to continue to expand that and working with modders, which is great, especially since we play modded games so much. Very much so. We got to enjoy like gigastructures um, almost immediately whenever Nemesis came out. Actually, I think it was immediately because they had had access to, like you said, working, um, getting this this pre-build sort of stuff so they could update their mods accordingly. And I think you were saying this before we started recording, but yeah, it looks like they're going to increase the amount of developers they're working with, or modders, I should say. Where's, let me see where that says it. Um, adding I think it's the last, last paragraph of the... Of the oh, Yeah. Beta. Yeah, it says we had about 10 mods update on release day, servicing about 1.6 million subscribers. That's a lot. Overall, we were very happy with the results and the community reaction. And if this continues to go well, we're looking to gradually expand this experiment to more of the modding community. For Lem, we're looking to add another 10-ish modders to the early access. Wow. That's really cool. And at the bottom of this, there is the modder early access request form. So for any modders that have not checked this post out, and I'm sure you have, um, but if you haven't, go look at it. It's the Thursday, September 2nd edition. It just came out the day we're recording this. So very, very cool. Uh, we have a little bit more time in this one space. Actually, if you want to. Take I'm looking a over this stuff. We have other cool stuff. Where's that? And, uh, it's, there's a bullet list. It's just slightly up from the bottom. And two, two, two here. And two two two, and then you can gender lock your species, which I guess is is that a thing? Thing somebody wants to do, and then it looks like they're messing with some of the automation. Ooh, or is that? And no, there's something to do with the limits of buildings and stuff, and. I guess we're getting more toggle switches somewhere, it seems, and, and I'm not I can't as excited about, about that as I would be with some of the, the uh, more quality of life issues with, with gameplay as opposed to, I don't know, this seems like I'm a, looking at a distraction rather than an improvement, if that makes sense. That does make sense. I can add one note here. I, I haven't formally done a recording on this. I'd love to have you for that as well. But uh, I did look today back to Dev Diary 220. This is the one I'd skipped. Additions to the Humanoid Species Pack. In there, the reason we're getting that building lock that you just mentioned, at least this is my understanding of why, is there is going to be a new clone army origin. So this is basically going to be our 220 coverage here, for what it's worth, if anyone's curious. Um, they are going to add a clone army origin, and they will get five of these ancient clone vats that you can have in your empire at one time. 
So that's how these people are going to procreate. I think it sounds like an interesting origin for a species. Um, you're, you're basically runaway clone slave sort of thing, right? Like you were bred for war and now you're breaking away. Sounds very Star Trek to me and all that with Khan and all that jazz. It the does. eugenics wars. Very fun place. Like um, player fantasy sort of thing to go into. But I'm guessing that's why you're getting that lock, like you mentioned, so that they can actually cap some of that. And I'm, I'm thinking... Like you said, it's going to be a bit more distraction-based. Though, if we do get good origins created, I mean, it, it could be fun. But I, I agree. I, my, my things I want to see fixed are more like flow of the game. Not so much like features like this. I want to see notifications stop stealing my cursor to something else while I'm trying to type in the name of a fleet. I want to see... Uh, you know, again, the, back to the planets. I want to see better automation with how the thing stacks your workers so that they're not ignoring amenities to the detriment of your planet going into civil war or whatever. Right. Those are, those are considerations that I would, I would also like to see. I, I do appreciate the depth that's given with, you know, the additional origin stories and the, Changes to civics and, uh, you know, more, more control with, with toggling switches and changing variables. That's, that's good as well, but there's some flow problems with the game. Well said. I think with, the, I think with the people on your planets, your population controls, if we had a priority, we have a priority toggle on a building, but if we had a secondary toggle that would change it. Or if you could put more than one as priority and, and it could handle knowing that there are two priorities on this planet. Because it's already divided up into like strata of what type of, you know, ruler class, whatever the middle class is called, and then the working class. You can set a priority in each one of those three zones, but when your two that that planet actually matters for on the same strata, it becomes a problem. And that's when planets start getting all squirrely. And I don't know why I need to know that much to play space map and space wars. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's a lot of management to go in and, and have to fix, you know, your planets. I strongly second everything you just said there. It, it, I, and I, I talked about this a little bit again in that episode right before I had you on. So for the listeners, they might think I'm beating a dead horse for a second. But if you missed that episode, also just catch space up. Yeah, I said a, like almost that, what you said, which is what game are we playing? I mean, are we going for a galactic domination game where I'm supposed to be like trading with my neighbors and worried about how they feel about me, learning their intel and building mega structures? Like, is that the game I should be doing? Or is this trying to be like a planet simulator and i do not think that's what it's trying to be but by the lack of like not talking the automation buttons here any everybody that's listening we're not talking about setting a planet to full auto just talking about like how the world divvies up people generically gets so funky that it uh forces you to take your scope from the larger galaxy down to every single planet i mean when we play like hours of Stellaris every night, we don't pause, by the way. So this 
kind of changes when you're in single player, <laughs> but like it shouldn't have to. Like you sh still shouldn't be doing this in single player either, in my opinion. When you're playing space map, you should be out there having fun. I do not think what you should have to do is be worried like, okay, here's my people doing maintenance jobs. I need them to make like plus five extra amenities. Uh, I don't want them to be doing, you know, 70 amenities and ignoring my, uh, you know, energy districts and my mineral districts. Because if you're going to do that, then I'm going to be in the red up above, right? Like, we don't want that. But I, I don't want right. you to be negative on the amenities so that we're getting the notifications that you need handouts for, um, you know, whatever is happening on the planet. It's like going you're into... You're not happy, so give me some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> asking me to up the, the whatever cost that it is. Like... I don't think that is how Stellaris wants to market itself to new players. And I often call this out, too, because a new player playing a video game, especially on Steam, you get two hours to know if you're keeping it. Two hours. Yeah. That's it. And so if that means you have less than two hours to hook a player in Stellaris, and some people are obviously going to buy it and leave it. But even then, we want them buying these expansion packs because admittedly, they're good. Like, I'm. I like Stellaris. I buy the stuff. I have a good time with it. Um, right. It's not user-friendly. And it's not even, I'll be honest, sometimes it's not even fun <laughs> what you get locked into doing. I would say that amenity game <laughs> isn't fun. Sorry, Stellaris, guys. But, like, I do feel like I'm doing an Excel sheet in an office. And that's not what I want to be doing. Like, I want to be out there, again, working with my friends in multiplayer, planning to take down an empire. I want to be um, looking at new planets that I can conquer and such, not just fine-tuning the planets I have. I often tell Space and Mac when we're in chats, I'm like, I need an intern to be sitting here and playing and managing my <laughs> worlds for me. <laughs> I don't think we should all need a free intern for this. Seems a bit much. Um, so looking at this, I I think those are some cool ones you called out earlier a bit about the uh, the planet lock and all that. Like, we'll see what they do. I'm, I'm not poo-pooing any of this. But I am asking the custodian team, what's the focus right now? Because if the game is unfun before people are getting to these, like, civics things, is that, then should civic tweaks even be the purpose? Or should we be fixing the flow of the game so that people can then complain about the civics later on? Because I, I think that. But I guess not everyone's having our complaints anyway, I should say. I mean, we're... Probably not. Who out there is enjoying the amenities thing? I, who are you? Do you want to do my taxes for me? Like, who are you? <laughs> the notifications, too. That's, that's, there's just so much notification spam that... Uh... That's like the bar at the top is is to be done a little differently. I'm not sure how, but the real annoyance is when something pops up and stops you from what you were previously doing, and you you have to interact with it because it's in the way on the screen. That's that's no good. I think I've failed to send some people into battle because of the rate that we play on multiplayer. I mean, really, is what it is. But I've, I've definitely sent somebody into the wrong battle because of a notification that got in the way. <laughs> yes. Now, Space, are you familiar all with the way Mac OS does their notification system? Because I'm going to put a picture in chat for you. No, I'm, I'm not. 
Okay, it's not terribly different from how Windows is doing it these days, but if you look in that voice channel, I put a picture in there for you. And I would kind of like to see this come to Stellaris, where the announcements slide in from like the top right, for example. And um, what you can't see in that picture is that when it comes to dismissing them, some of them mm -hmm. on the Mac disappear on their own. Others have buttons there that make you choose an option, like ignore, snooze, whatever it is. Mm. I would really like to see a system like that come into Stellaris because that could revolutionize the system right away, which is, again, temporary notifications for things that don't really, really matter. But then other ones that you can just directly... Like your ambassadors died? Yeah. Your envoys dead? Do we even need one about that, though? <laughs> Do we even need to know if they die? Didn't know your name, didn't know you had a family, didn't care, and still don't. Still don't. Somebody's on their way to replace you. I'll forget about them until they die as well. I wonder if the Envoy system actually was supposed to become like the other system in hindsight. Now that you mentioned that, I really wonder if certain Envoys are, are or were supposed to have traits, which could oh, have that would, yeah, that been would interesting. Make sense. I wouldn't hate that idea if that someday and, comes. And then um, it would be a more useful information that your really, really good Envoy died and you have this crappy one to send in his replacement. Good luck talking to those aliens. Here's my butt to this equation, though. But before you add up more taxing mental space on us as the gamers, <laughs> because that's asking us to do more, right? Like now we got right. more people to manage. I want my pay raise. I mean, sorry, not that. I want the rest of the notifications, the rest of the crap to go to the side. Um, so, so like I was saying, you could have these things slide in. I think sliding in like that on the right would be really handy for like mega structures as well, because that mega structure pop up sucks. Um, it's just noise, really like, oh, hey, it's done. But then you got to like click on the thing or queue, which will take you to it. And then you can like press the upgrade button. But in Kyle's world, we could have it slide in off the side. And then straight from that menu, you would have the ability to upgrade it right there. Whoop, and then it would just go and do its thing. So really, I'm talking about taking away the center notifications off to the side. Clearly, people could still have the ability to click into it from up there, by the way, if they want to get their whole flavor text like the, you know, it usually is. That's fine. That's fine. Let them click in and do it. But let it be something that can be way more easily dismissed. Um, another one just came to my mind, but it already went out the other side because I was probably worried about managing envoys or something. <laughs> What's another really shitty pop-up that we get that we can't stand? I'm trying to think. Also, now all I do want to do is play Stellaris. While we get into talking about it, all I want to do is play, play more Stellaris. This game is addicting as heck. Sorry for the loud street noise, everybody. It is. It's a very... I, I'm quite fond of the game. That's for sure. I don't think I'd spend, what, 18 hours to play an entire game if I didn't enjoy the game. I'm at 877 hours logged right now. I'm getting close to that thousand mark space. I'm real excited. Like, <laughs> Stellaris is going to be one of my most played in my library. Uh, I want to mention really quickly the Nakama infrastructure update to people. I think I mentioned this really briefly before. You and I might have talked about it for a second. But I looked into this further. 
So basically that was them saying they're getting rid of their internal thing that they had to do this and they're replacing it with this external companies, the Nakama. Um, and what it does is let people that have it on Steam play with people that have it off Steam. That is literally like how that works. So if you are a cross-play friend, aka just buy it on Steam, really. Just buy it on Steam because it seems like the majority of the community has it there. Otherwise, you're going to be dealing with like these other trade-outs and just try and avoid that, I guess. Um, I don't know. Anything else you want to cover this week? No, not that I can think of, actually. I was just checking, and I, I only drew some blanks. So. Yeah, I think this is good. I had a lot of fun shooting the shit about all this stuff. I hope people out there are excited. Don't get me wrong. I have my concerns about, like, what is getting fixed next, but the thing is, I'm very, very happy things are getting fixed. So I don't mean to sound... Yeah, I don't mean to sound ungrateful. Anticipation about it. I'm I'm definitely grateful for these updates and uh, for the information. I look forward to playing new content and changed contents. With that being said, I think it's safe to say I probably now get back into doing um, these on a weekly basis. Space, if you'd like to join me for more of these episodes, I'd love to have the company here. Um, They are pretty great about doing weekly updates. I, they used to be doing them on Fridays, but now they do them on Thursdays, is my recollection. So I'm not the only person that moved my schedule. I can pat myself on the back a little bit for that. Um, but yeah, now they're doing them weekly, at least through this update, I'd like to try and do that. They'll probably take more time off come December. I'll, I'm guessing they'll do like a holiday break or something of that sort, and then pick it up strong in like January, February, just so folks out there listening, you know, even if you're listening here in September, just so you know, I am guessing that's how they might run this. But then again, now they have two separate teams running these updates. So they could really slap us with like more, more, more before we know it. Like I, I'm not trying to put that pressure on them, but truly this is brand new for them to do the custodian team. So what are we going to see? Don't know. Uh, in the future, though, we could go back and do a little bit more on 220. There's some humanoid species things I, I passed over. Masterful Crafters is a Civic and ple- Pleasure Seekers. Um, a lot of it's minutia, though. So if people want to go and read that on their own, if you're someone that's really interested in seeing those humanoid species pack changes, I encourage you to do that. Uh, it's just going to be us rambling about two specific Civics. So we're going to try not to get too down the weeds. But we'll see what they come out with next week. Hopefully it's something really exciting. I do want to say one last thing, which is uh, for our surviving Mars fans, this is also a paradox tie-in. Space, you told me about this. I'm so freaking excited. I can't stop grinning. Uh, holy shit, they just did a new update today, actually. Oh, my God. They, they have <laughs> um, two dev diaries for surviving Mars now. And they're releasing the Below and Beyond update on September 7th. It's going to be some form of DLC. Looks like there's going to be a new radio station added. But this is going to be about mining asteroids that pass by Mars. And then, oh, just today is when they did the one about doing underground stuff. Oh, my gosh. Hey, wait. Looks like you're going underground. Way to go, Paradox. Can I just give a compliment and say that I really like this whole new dev diary approach? Like, as a company, as a publisher, they're getting really great with their communication. Like, I like that Surviving Mars is following in Stellaris's footsteps with this. Like, really in lockstep. Wow. Welcome back, Commander. We've prepared another update for you on how to develop Below and Beyond Project. 
Um, this one goes into building underground. Oh, it looks like you're going to have like cave-ins on your domes and stuff. I'm totally going to stream this on Twitch. Jump for falling rocks. <laughs> I am totally going to start streaming this on Twitch, the uh, Surviving Mars. It has no viewership. Same with Stellara. Sorry, everybody. That's where I have a, such a hard time streaming it. But um, if folks are interested in watching either of those two, but specifically Surviving Mars, I'm, I'm really going to try and do that. Ooh, this is good. Go check it out, everybody. Love me some Surviving Mars Space. Thank you for joining us today. This was an absolute blast. And if people out there are interested, Space and I could totally bullshit about Surviving Mars, too. I wouldn't do it as a whole separate podcast, but um, if people out there like Surviving Mars, Space and I could surely do some little things here and there for it on, on this feed. Uh, because it's it doesn't get as many updates as Stellaris. It's just not as big of a game. But... It could be fun. It's still a fun one, though. If you oh, like city it. builders and you like space role playing in your head, quaintest, cutest little city sim builder I think I've ever put my hands on. So it's adorable. It is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Space, for joining me today. Everybody out there, you yeah. stay super safe in this crazy world, and we will catch up with you in about a week or so. Talk to you then. Bye bye.